there, everyone. Welcome back to Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Tom McCarthy. So happy to be with you. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everyone. I hope you are having a wonderful December. We've got a wonderful show for you on tap today. David Dyer is our guest. David will be our headliner here at the club on December 22nd and December 23rd. Of course, we will be closed and dark, as they say in show business, for Saturday the 24th and Christmas Day. It is a busy, busy time here at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. So why don't we start, as always, kind of let you know what's going on here the week of December 19th. Yes, the week of December 19th at the castle on Wednesday, December 21st. It is our hip prov show. This is a really cool concept. It is where improv meets hip hop. Got some heavy hitters on this show. The great Josh Adams. It is hosted by Tam White, who's absolutely wonderful. My good friend Tim Finkel will be on this show. It's a unique, interesting, and most importantly, funny concept. Come out and support. It will be a great show. And again, that is Wednesday the 21st at 7.30 p.m., our hip prov night. And then, as I had mentioned, the 23rd and 20, excuse me, the 22nd and 23rd, David Dyer, one show on Thursday, two on Friday. And then I'm going to give you a little bit of a heads up on what's happening next week. I'm not sure if we're going to have a new show next week. I'm available, but trying to tie down well <laughs> i guess that's not appropriate we're not trying to tie down uh the our new year's uh headliner matthew broussard <laughs> we're trying to line up an interview uh if it doesn't happen we might just end up doing kind of a year-end retrospective uh I've had a had a show planned for a long time with that we just haven't gotten to so at any rate there may not be a new show next week <laughs> so let me tell you about what's going on at the castle for the final week of 2022 on wednesday the 29th of December, excuse me, that is Wednesday the 28th. It is Bill Bouchard's Best in Michigan stand-up. Bill is going to have eight of Michigan's most talented and entertaining stand-up comics available. That's only a $10 show. It's going to be an incredible value. Make sure you come out and see that. And if you can't, Thursday the 29th through Saturday the 31st, it is the hilarious Matthew Broussard. And again, I hope, I hope that I'm able to line up a conversation with him you dear listener will be the first to know as always call the castle at 248-542-9900 for ticketing questions and needs go right to the castle website comedycastle.com couple clicks without you without your credit card boom you got tickets right there all right that's a lot to get through how does my cold or whatever this illness is that i have sound coming through your speakers or headphones or however you listen to the castle podcast i'm feeling lousy i don't have covid i've tested negative three times in the past week i was convinced that i did uh i just have your run-of-the-mill flu or whatever so i'm feeling better just not sounding great so please bear with me so we've got an an awesome interview to bring you david dyer dave is one of the real good people you meet out there in the circuit, I've opened for Dave many times over the years. Always enjoy catching up with him and shooting the shit. A super talented guy. Really interesting background, too. And Dave is Dave is in another example of a comic that on a national, on a nationwide basis, may not have the biggest name. But I've seen him in all different types of environments. I've done one-nighters with him. I've done auditoriums with him. I've done clubs with him. He kills every time. Just a real funny point of view. Great joke writer. Many, many credits. The Bob and Tom Show, 
for a number of years. Matter of fact, uh, I just rewatched his awesome dry bar special. You'll hear us talk about it a little bit. It's called Further Along Than Anyone Expected. And that particular dry bar, which has been out for a couple of years, is just hovering right under 800,000 views so far. So David is a heavy hitter, wonderfully talented guy. You're going to hear us talk quite a bit about his TEDx pr- presentation that was done in Detroit recently. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. So how's that for a setup? Sit back, put your feet up, and enjoy a holiday edition of Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, on the other end of my line, David Dyer. David, do you know that you are a three-time guest on the Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle podcast? You know what? I was thinking about that. I know I was at least two, but uh, it seemed like the first time we did it, you were like, was was uh, Bouchard with you as well? It was kind of wow. a three-person thing? The memory on this old guy. Absolutely. You know, because I was kind of picturing the different times. Um, yeah. But yes, absolutely. We recorded it outdoors somewhere down in Detroit where I met Bouchard yeah. for a beer and we thought it would be a good... I, I almost just made a faux pas. I, I, I was I was going to say we thought it would be a good thing to have a three-way, um, but I'm not going <laughs> to say that. Right. <laughs> Well, and as far as the memory, I, this might be an advertisement for Prevagen. Let's do that. So. <laughs> there, you, there you go. So yeah. it's it's always – now, believe it or not, it's – and I've mentioned this on the show before is it's a little bit more difficult for me to interview people that I that I know on the circuit fairly well. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I've got to know you over the years. I've, uh, I've opened for you a bunch of times. Um, but in your – so – the dilemma was, gosh, what am I going to talk to David about? You know, I, I love the dry bar special and we talked about that quite a bit last year, but then yep. an angel drops into my lap, your Ted talk from earlier. I I, I don't know exactly oh. when it was recorded, but I, it came into my life. I've got so many questions for you. It was awesome. Kudos to well, you. Thank you. I guess. Thank you very much. First question is how did it come together? I know a lot of comics have been doing Ted talks. <laughs> how did your particular one come together? Well, there was a guy named Charlie who does a lot of the coordination with, uh, I think it's Charlie Wolbert, who um, had done does a lot of the coordination with the TEDx thing Detroit. He had heard me on a podcast. There's a very good friend of mine who's a photographer in Grand Rapids here uh, named Brian Kelly. Brian does a podcast, and, and we've been, we were childhood friends. He's a very successful photographer, started this podcast, and I was a guest on it, and Charlie listened to Brian's podcast, and he heard me on there, and he thought, well, this would be interesting. Let's get this guy's take um, from being uh, both a firefighter and a comedian, and let's see how those two worlds collide. And uh, I'll tell you, the funny thing about that was I think uh, Charlie was expecting it and wanting it maybe initially to be more funny. Like I, not, not that I would so much do a set for my act, but that right. it would be a, a lot more laughs. And there were laughs. There were certainly little pieces of my act and stuff that were sprinkled throughout. But I, but I wanted it to truly be the message that I, that I conveyed in that how, even though these are vastly different careers at the same time in a, in a certain way, you're helping people in both aspects. So that's, that's the angle I wanted to go at. And after I did it, Charlie came up to me and he was like, that's, that's, ex- that's exactly the kind of message we're looking for. So, um, so it, it was, I was honored, thrilled to be part of it. It was a wonderful day to be able to watch everybody else's presentations and see bits and pieces of everybody else's 
aspects of their lives. And uh, and also our friend Camila Bellario, she did it that day, and she knocked yeah. it out of the park. She was great. Yeah, and that doesn't that doesn't surprise me too. And I know, gosh, just of people I've had on the show. I know Michael Jeter uh, did it. Um, Dusty Slay, uh, who had Dusty Slay yeah, yeah. on the show a couple months ago, and he was just talking about. I think Dusty kind of uh, towed the line of material versus actual TED talk, which is very difficult in, in your particular case. Yes. I, I didn't recognize some of the bits and your dad's whistling and, and, and whatnot. Um, but it, it, and it really was, I'm not just blowing sunshine up your, up your rear end here on a Friday morning, but it really was inspirational. And I, I'll, I'll kind of come back to that, but I wanted to ask a little bit more nuts and bolts questions. So with, um, I was, I, I don't want to give it away like the ending of a movie, but it's not like people are going to sit for two hours and watch your TED talk. Your, your presentation was about 10 minutes, give or take. Yeah. Yeah. They were between, everybody's were between eight and 10 minutes. And yep. what I, what I took away from it was purpose. Why do we do things? And you talked about your yeah. two careers. Uh, so yeah. for our listeners who don't know, not only is David one of the top comics out there on the, on the circuit that we play here in the Midwest, but he is also, uh, you, you, you went from a kind of a part-time, uh, firefighter to now a full-time firefighter. So you, you kind of have yep. two careers going and it was kind of about serving people and purpose. And why do you do the, the things you do? Did you know what your theme was going to be right off the bat or how long did it take you to pull together what you wanted to get across? Well, it kind of came pretty quick, but there was that initial point where I was trying to put it together and was saying, how am I going to approach this? Because like I said, and, and uh, Charlie was, you know, I, I'm sure initially expecting me to kind of go out there and, you know, and go, you know, boom, 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 hit the crowd like that. Um, so that was, you know, my initial thought is, boy, how am I going to make this funny? You know, like, you know, incorporate this message. And then I thought, you know what, there'll be some humor here and there uh, uh, amongst it. But th this is, I want people to know the reasons why I do these two things. So that, that kind of, you know, <laughs> I kind of thought, if it doesn't, if it's not what they want, well then, so I'll never ask it back again and whatever. You know, you just kind of right. go, but, th but if I'm going to speak from my heart, which is what I'm, I'm expecting they want, this is the direction I need to go with it. So. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, in, in the environment that they recorded in looked somewhat intimidating. It was an auditorium. It looked like a lecture hall in a university. It's, uh, where, where yeah. was it recorded? It was recorded. Oh my gosh, uh, I can't remember. Ugh, this is going to be all. It's it's one of the newer places down by the river that they have. Um, oh, that's awful. I can't think of it. That they've completely revamped into this kind of exhibition space. How is it possible um, that you recall four years ago that me you and Bouchard <laughs> were 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 on a three way call in the early days of the Comedy Castle podcast, and you can't remember this large building I, you were doing a TED talk in? Yeah, you know what? Now, now what I'm going to have to do? I'm going to have to look through my calendar as we're talking. <laughs> and think, oh, you know what? Hey, wait, hold on. Scratch the Prevagen endorsement. I, I got it. It's the Icon. It was a place called the Icon. Oh, in okay. Down, yep. on, down on Walker Street. Uh, so I, I, I know it very go. well. I know it very yeah, well. Great space. Really cool. So circling back to, it's, it's just funny how things come into your life <laughs> when you need them. So some, something as simple as show prep and, and trying to fig, find new things to talk to David Dyer about. I see, I, I watch the TED Talk. I take notes and a couple different parts of it resonated with me. The first, very selfishly and very particular to comedy, is I had my yearly bomb, just absolute nightmare. 
how is this happening to me after all these years? Oh my God, these people hate me. Uh, it was last Saturday. It was last Saturday up in Saginaw. <laughs> and and you talk a little bit, you, you, you talk about the difficulty of stand-up and how a professor well, yeah. at MSU, um, um, actually a drama professor, talked to you about it being one of the most difficult art forms. And the way you yep. phrased it, it's never pleasant to bomb. But no. my goodness, does it happen to the best of us? And and, and it, it just it happens. <laughs> Tom, I've done this for thirty years now. In March, it'll be thirty years that I've been doing stand up comedy. Wow. Not this year, but last year, I had probably the worst corporate event I've ever had in my thirty years. It was an absolute disaster. Now yeah. I will take some of the some of the blame. They just didn't. I was not their cup of tea. I was not what they were looking for. But uh, the circumstances around the event were just just a nightmare, and I've done so many of these things. I can I'm very intuitive. I can read the room. I can tell what's going on. Within five minutes of being there, I could tell you this is going to be a disaster, and and it was. <laughs> and um, and and again, I'll take some of the blame. I'm the one who's performing, okay? And I was not what they were hoping for. In fact. Not only was I not what what they were hoping for, I they weren't hoping for anything. This was a situation where this was a, <laughs> a company down by Chicago. <clears throat> it was very obvious when you walked into the room that management and workers did not get along and did not like each other. <clears throat> and these these guys who the party was supposed to be for wanted to have their free lunch and get the heck out of there and be gone for the day. Yeah. And instead they got to stick around and listen to my shtick for 45 minutes, which is the last thing they wanted. So um, I, I, I think I performed for the same corporate <laughs> last yeah, week. It but. was, it was a total disaster. And, um, the woman called and complained to the agency and, and, uh, they called me and I said, well, let me run you through the events and gave them the whole lineup of what happened and how it happened. And they were like, Oh boy, she didn't say any of that. I'm like, well, you know, there you go. So. Well, yeah, and I, I find that hard to believe just seeing you in different environments over over the years. And a, kind of a brief sidebar, you're you're a great example of of uh, obviously someone doing it for 30 years. But in the circuits that we play that I've seen you do squeaky clean PG stuff. And then I've seen mm -hmm. the I've seen the hard R David Dyer. And it's all funny. Uh, I can't imagine well, thank you. those those people just have poor taste. But, yeah, you know, in, in my particular case, too, you always have to own it. You're the performer. You're the big yeah. shot who wants to run your mouth in front of people. Uh, you're the one who's getting paid. So yeah. I do. I, I always own it when I when I don't do well. But I was not set up for success. It, it was a 630 show. They had had open bar for 15 minutes. And then the show was before dinner. Mm -hmm. All the lights were on. All the tables were set up uh, kind of in uh, horizontal rows, like lunchroom style. And yeah. interestingly, they requested through the booker dirty, which is, you know, I don't get that very often. And, you know, I can dial yeah, it back or, 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 yeah. or amp it up. And I mean, I was just burying myself, you know, the yeah. you're trying to fight out of it and you just bury yourself deeper. And, you know, I'm well, they asked for dirty and I did the dirtiest bit I have. And it was my last thing. And within 90 seconds of me doing this dirty bit, the, 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 the like woman, I don't know what her role was with the company, but she's doing the, she's doing the blessing of the dinner and, and, and invoking the name of Jesus Christ and then having a crying spell over a coworker who passed away during the year. And I was like, Oh my, is this really happening to me? <laughs> yeah. Yep. It will be a bit someday. 
Yeah, um, sure. So yep. anyhow, the point I was selfishly that hit me at the right time. Just just hearing that, but then it, the TED talk talked about purpose, and and I'm thinking to myself, have I really clearly defined a purpose? Why I do comedy? I've I've defined it in other aspects of my life. Yeah, but when you talk about just bringing joy to you, you reference a an audience member in Buffalo who came up to you after just a terrible week and just what yeah a, a fun was, hour of comedy did for him that is that is a thing and and again it's it's in the TED talk but um that is something that sticks with me all the time you know I look at I I've been you know successful in that I'm able to pay my bills doing comedy or help pay my bills doing comedy what you know and hopefully you know things get bigger and better you know as I continue along but when I get to the root of it, when I get to the core of why I love doing this and what the purpose is and everything like that, I mean, to me, it can all be summed up from that guy in Buffalo. And, and, and I'll just tell the story real quick. I was in Buffalo in this little club that I used to play there. And it's, you know, it's, it's kind of in the suburbs of Buffalo. And um, you know, it, was, it was a nice little place. And they usually have pretty good crowds. And the crowds were always very nice. But I was there one night. And, you know, it's a tight room. There's no real green room. So it's, there's no other way, there's no other place for you to be at the end of the show, but at the door when people are leaving. Oh, thank you for coming, so on and so forth. And, and this guy came up to me, and he was a he was a big guy, tall, you know, just a big guy, and uh, shook my hand and had these just gigantic hands. You know, you ever meet somebody, you know, and you shake your hand, or like, holy crap, yeah. respected squeeze my head like a boysenberry if he wanted to <laughs> but he he literally had kind of, he had he was kind of misty and, and you know had tears in his eyes and he I, I said thanks very much for coming and he said i just got to let you know i had possibly the worst week of my life i've ever had and i can't tell you how much i needed this and it just i mean i i didn't know what to say i mean i was just yeah. it was just knocked back because it kind of it's one of those moments you would like when it hits you and you go, yeah, the money and all that kind of stuff would be great, the fame, whatever, whatever. But this, this is what people are looking for from you. This is, this is the kind of thing that people need from you in this profession. This guy had just an awful week, and for 50 minutes or an hour, I had the privilege of being allowed to, uh, to let him escape from that and yeah. to think about something else. And, and that is... If you don't think that's a humongous thing in people's lives, you're crazy. That is an enormous thing, an enormous privilege for what we do to be able to do that. Oh, yeah. So it, it, it was huge. And it, it, it points out, too, that, you know, sometimes you just get tunnel vision and you're so focused on working on this new bit and this new set. And I've got to get this set together because I'm going to I want to record something at the end of the year and everything. And that really isn't the goal. The goal is to entertain and be in a yep. room full of strangers and be happy and just sus suspend disbelief or <laughs> suspend belief, I guess I should say, for, yeah. for an hour. You know, in, in our world now, more than ever, you've got, you know, with the political divide and, and the social yep. divide in this country, just seeing people come together and laugh yeah. is just a really good thing. And and the parallel between um, being a firefighter, being, yeah. uh, you know, serving people, being a first responder, a police officer. I'm married to a teacher. I mean, yeah. you, why do you do it? It's not just for the 
hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars they throw right. at you. That it's uh, it's why am I doing this and in, in helping people? It's a little bit yeah. more defined when you're a firefighter. Buildings on fire. Right. I've got a hose. Yank them out. But uh, yeah. I really. Yeah. I, I, I commend you for doing it, and it is a difficult gig. And of the ones that, and like I said, I've, I think I believe I, that's the fifth TED talk I've seen of a comic. And I just think you towed the line perfectly of putting some oh, material in, but also also having a thought. So, thanks, Tom. Yep, it was I, like I said, I was I was thrilled to be asked. I was honored, and uh, I, it was I, I loved doing it. It was a great day. What so. did a um, I've got one subject I'm going to finish on, but before we go to that, I uh, I wanted to talk to you too a little bit about when, when I had you on the, on the, on, on the show last year, sometimes I don't remember the exact date, but I know you, you headlined the castle in 2021 and we had you on the show. And at that time it was the first time I had seen uh, further along than anyone expected your dry bar special. Mm-hmm. And um, I decided in my show prep to pull that up and just kind of go through a couple bits. Cause I always enjoyed it. And I noticed that you're just shy of 800,000 views on that. That's gotta be mind blowing from a humble humble, hardworking comic from the west side of Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? And they do a great job. Drybar does a great job of promoting those things and getting people to watch. It's a whole, they've got a whole aspect of it where there's a subscription service and all kinds of things like that. But that was, um, that was a tremendously fun experience. They do those in uh, Provo, Utah. And the reason it's called dry bars, it's clean material and it's a quote unquote dry bar. There's no alcohol or anything like that there. And, um, but they, they converted this kind of event space in downtown Provo, Provo into their offices and they do all their video editing there. And that's where the performances are. And they get these fantastic crowds in and, uh, you do two shows, um, you do two, I think it's 25 minute sets, basically the exact same thing so that they can kind of edit and splice them together and take the best aspects. So they're mashing two shows together. But it's it's just a great experience. They You're there for two days, and they treat you like a king, and um, just a really fun experience. Well, how, how professional the shot is, too. I mean, gosh, if you were yeah, to fund that yourself, you're, you're talking thousands of dollars to come up with a shot yeah. that that's good. Yep, exactly. Well, I... Yep. I would like to um, I would like to pop a cork on some nice dry champagne when you cross the million threshold. I'll, I'll keep my eye on it. I know you're too humble to do that. As long as it's not alcoholic champagne, they'd be thrilled. <laughs> That's right. Oh, spark, sparkling cider or whatever they call that. So, thing yeah. that I kind of wanted to wrap on today is, I think of all the all the people I've met uh, over the last dozen years or, or so, and the different types of comics you see. I mean. There's, you know, there's the big name people that that play all the A clubs and 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 everyone knows them. And then there's a level of comics who are kind of comics comics who who kind of play the A clubs, uh, but not everyone knows them. But they're great comics. And then there's a huge, huge group of people that I was not aware of until I started doing comedy of myself who who will play A clubs and will play B clubs and will do one nighters and corporates and are terrific comics that don't have a quote unquote name. You're mm-hmm. one of the best examples of that. You're well, thank you. you're kind of a hybrid too because you um you know I'm not your accountant. I don't know where all the money's coming in 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 the dire household, but you've had a regular job and and a wife and kids as as well as a comedy career. Was yeah. was there ever a concerted effort to go one way or the other? Did you ever come to a fork in the road and say, "Okay, I've got to be all in 
in showbiz, or I'm going to be all in and family man in the corporate world, or have you always kind of towed both both sides of it? I, I think I've always sort of towed both lines. And the reason was early in, you know, I started doing comedy right after I got married. So I've been married the whole time. My wife and I, we just celebrated our 30th anniversary. And so, um, and there was obviously always the plan to have children and things like that. And there was talk about at one point very early in our marriage of maybe going to Chicago or something like that, at least starting there and then using that maybe as a launching pad to either go to New York or Los Angeles. But we kind of sat down and thought things through and really, you know, we live in Grand Rapids. I love Grand Rapids. It's a great town. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's tons of great things about raising a family here. So I did kind of make the conscious decision. I, I know the career, the comedy career is going to, you know, probably, uh, you know, not be able to be the sole thing if we're going to stay here. But we made that decision to stay here and raise our kids here. Um, but I've been fortunate enough to where I've been able to catch the eyes and ears of people who have still helped me out with comedy to where I'm still able to do a lot of it. And I'm able yeah. to do, you know, the private corporate stuff. I'm still able to play a lot of clubs. I was able, fortunate enough, actually through Mark, Mark Ridley, um, when he, you know, cause years ago he used to manage some comics and I right. was one of them. He was able to put me in touch with the folks at Bob and Tom. I was able to get on Bob and Tom and develop a great relationship with those guys to do that. I still have to this day i'm doing a couple bob and tom tour shows coming up and um so i've been really fortunate to still be able to make some connections where uh the stand-up comedy can still be a big part of my life without it being the sole thing in my life so um and you know like i said uh, that that's also afforded me the ability to be able to do things like be a firefighter i you know i love i have a tremendous passion about being a firefighter, but it's not my only thing. I also have this other thing that I've done for, like I said, almost 30 years that just gives me gives me great fulfillment as well. Do you think the people in um, in your life outside of comedy, you know, your 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 fellow firefighters, for example, do you have the type of personality when you're not on stage that they would know within you know five ten minutes of talking to David Dyer that this guy is a comic or an entertainer or um, cause I, I've, I've never been around you outside of comedy. So when I'm yeah. around you, you're on, you know, you're not cutting yeah. jokes in the, in the green room, but you're David Dyer, the entertainer, right? Do your outside of your comedy life, would people know that about you? Yeah, they would be. Well, first of all, they know that I do comedy, but here's the other thing. And here's the fun thing about the firehouse. Uh, the firehouse is brutal as far as, is <laughs> getting on each other. About oh, I can stuff. imagine. Yeah. So there is plenty of opportunity to show your comedic side in a firehouse because we are constantly razzing each other about anything you can imagine. So there is there is plenty of an arena to uh, to sharpen your blade uh, when when you're in the firehouse. <laughs> is there uh, is is there a pole in your firehouse or is that just a Hollywood concoction? No, not in our firehouse. Uh, some of the old, old firehouses, like I know, like I'm with Grand Rapids Township, which is on the northeast, it's a suburb area in the northeast side of town. The city of Grand Rapids Fire Department, I think they still have a couple old firehouses that still have poles. But in today's day and age of OSHA and all sorts of stuff like that, um, I don't think a new structure could have one. Right. So um, if you're going to see one, it's going to be in an old uh firehouse that's either been kind of grandfathered in or OSHA or whoever kind of looks the other way. So, <laughs> yeah, the people, you know, in, in, in our world today, there's always, 
you know, uh, cultural appropriation is a, is a big touchstone and a hot topic right now. Well, there's, I, I, I'm, I don't like the cultural appropriation of strippers taking the firehouse yeah. poles, you know? Oh, okay. they, well, they, look at You gotta, they, you gotta sell them somewhere. <laughs> they took right? something so noble, uh, yeah. took them out of a firehouse and now put them in strip clubs and are used for nefarious purposes. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, you are such a pleasure to talk to. I can't thank you enough for the Ted talk coming into my life. Just when I needed to pick, me up yeah well thank you tom i appreciate that you're like a speedball of sunshine and vitamin c and all good things <laughs> well i hope things are going well for you they are i'm uh i'm, I'm, I'm enjoying good. with last week notwithstanding I've, I've i've had a nice run of shows uh like where my act's at i like where my life outside of comedy's at at with with the exception of this nasty whatever the hell i have so yeah i appreciate you I doing think- this I think with the bad shows, you, what you have to do is after you've done it a certain length of time, and I know you've certainly done it for a while, you just have to accept the fact you're going to have some of those once in a while. It's no yeah. fun, but you just you just keep moving forward. You know, that's all you can do. It is, you know, uh, I guess one that just kind of spurred a thought that I mentioned to someone the other day is very rarely in life do we get to go in a time machine and, and experience a feeling we've had before. But yeah. even as an experienced comic, when you're having a show that is falling apart and you are bombing, it's like going into a time machine to the first handful of sets you ever did. You know, oh, yeah. no yeah. confidence, scattered brain, jumping all over the place, you know, burying yeah. yourself. It's so funny. It's like, oh, my God, this feels like 2008 all over again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It sets you back, but... Well, listen, Merry Christmas, my friend. I know you'll knock him dead at the castle. I can't make it out next weekend, but I know I'll see you next time through or hope to bump into you out there on the road. Great. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. Take care, David. Bye bye. And there you have it. Thank you to Mr. David Dyer for taking time out of his day. And I tell you what, ever since he's had this full time firefighting (laughs) gig, it's a little bit tougher finding time and tracking him down. And he doesn't have as much time to blab on the phone with me. So I truly do appreciate him taking some time out of what ended up being a very busy Friday morning. So we could talk a little comedy. Okay. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better. My cold medications are working. I've got a lozenge in right now that is suppressing my cough. I'm getting over my catastrophic bomb from last weekend. I know another one is going to be out there. Hopefully it's at least another year away. Had a great time bringing you the Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle podcast this year. Hope everyone has a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. Thank you to all of you. Thank you to everyone at the club. Thank you to Joel Fragamani who produces this for us, makes it sound so good. Please leave a comment, subscribe, tell a friend about it. We'll keep bringing you interviews on a weekly basis with the top touring comics in all of the United States of America. Merry Christmas, everyone. (laughs) 